Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome again to the Dementia Care Partners podcast series. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Tipa Snow. Uh, Tipa, I was talking to one of our PAC trainers um, down in, uh, where is she? She's in Overland Park, which is just outside of Kansas. Yeah. And she's the co-founder of a company called Prairie Elder Care. I guess that's a free commercial. But um, they are trying to do something innovative uh, for caring for our seniors. They operate currently four homes and they have eight residents in each and they they're able to maintain their staffing labels or levels they're able to uh, have an intimate uh, setting where people feel valued i sort of went I, i'm intrigued tell me more i was i was pleased to yeah. hear this yeah and so it's it's what's called um based on pretty much what i think is called the greenhouse model which is smaller smaller community um, so we keep the community small so that people maintain relationships with one another. It's not a factory. It's not a big monster thing. It's small. And so we would bring people in who seem to be a decent match for the system. And um, the programming is pretty much like a small, you know, it's like a group setting, sort of like everybody has their own space, but there's common spaces as well. Uh, people come together for meals, people come together for fellowship and to spend time together, but they also have their own private space. But it's just like, on, in general, it'll be five to eight people in most of these smaller communities, these, these small group, grouped homes, if you would. We visited one in Winnipeg years ago, and I think they had um, six people in each of their homes. And they seemed to think that that was the number that worked for them. So whether it's five or six or seven, I, it's economics obviously plays a part in it, but it obviously has to also be manageable and offer what you want to offer. Yeah, and so a balancing of enough people to feel like you've got a community and a small enough number of people that it doesn't get overwhelming and the right types and kinds of helpers or supporters around uh, people who you know are not concerned about getting personal care support done but are also really wanting to have engagement opportunities do things with people and around people and encourage people to come to a one-on-one -on -one or a group activity or have someone help you in the kitchen um, so a much more integrated living model as opposed to here are our clients and we're just a small care situation, but they are gonna be, and so the tricky part is how involved in living are the clients or the residents versus it's a care situation, but it's exactly the same thing you would have seen in a larger group. It's just a same repeat of a smaller model. And that's a big difference. So we have two major groupings then. When where we've really changed the model of care to more of a family care situation. And one where we've kept it sort of a, a residential care, but we've made the residents smaller. So in, in Tipa's ideal world, if you were going to, I, I was going to facetiously say live in one, but if you were going uh -huh. to build one, what sort of a facility would you try and, and, and build? What would you be recommending to people? Yeah, well, I mean, we've done some thinking about this. We're and we're mostly doing some thinking about this because we've we've just found it so challenging to try to find a place that is interested and committed to this really strong model of engaging people in their life and involving people who are in their life in this community in ways that are, you know, are ways that work for everybody. 
So we're talking sort of along the line of three small homes where there'd be like five people living in the home. One of them would be um, someone who really is sponsored by virtue of the work that PAC does in some form or fashion, so that we have a way to bring people into this community. It's not just based on ability to pay. And that we have uh, groups of people who are diverse, but interested in similar kinds of things, have abilities that are different. And we would include things like a childcare center, uh, a day programming opportunity work center where we would do things teaching and learning center. So people have that a music area and center, um, possibly an acting or an activity center where people get a chance to be creative and different. And maybe, you know, we're talking about uh, how we would keep people actively engaged through the end of their lives with the abilities that we have using PAC skills along the way. So we believe that there's ways to do this. Um, and we're, we're proposing a small community model. And so it's not exactly what they did in, um, what is it, Amsterdam, I think it is, or the yep, Netherlands. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, but it's, but it's not a make-believe town. It's a real, it's a real place. <laughs> so, I mean, we'd still go to the store. We'd still do those kind of things. But there are things that are going on in the community and in common spaces that allow a sense of community for people who are truly inclusive and accepting. They're proposing one of those for, uh, somewhere out in the Fraser Valley, just outside of Vancouver, BC. And I haven't followed the progress on it lately, but it was sort of going full speed and then COVID hit. So I'm not quite yeah. sure whether it came off the rails and is on pause or whether they're still soldiering on. Yeah, I think we have, you know, we have some groups throughout, we have some folks at various places in the U.S. that are contemplating something. We have one of our PAC folks out in Oregon who's trying to build a, a similar kind of thing for husbands and wives who want to stay together but also want some support and so some apartment living. It's a little bit of a different model, but it has sort of a town concept, that kind of idea, but it is more of a constructed space not an integrated into a community space. So it, it's, it's a little bit different. So I think bottom line, Greg, I think what we're looking at is after COVID, these large mega buildings, people are starting to wonder, is that the way to go? I mean, is housing a whole bunch of seniors in one place and then having to have a whole bunch of helpers and a whole bunch of management of the stuff that is needed and created and the trash management and the food management and the laundry management and the grounds management. That's a lot of human beings coming and going from that space that come from other places and go to other places. And um, it's, it's becoming recognized that, wow, that, that model it creates a lot of risk. In some of our provinces, uh, workers have to work at three or four facilities to try and make a living. And that is wrong on so many levels. You should be able to make a, a decent living caring for people. That's the bottom, that's the starting point. But then having to go to three or four or five, and in this case, unfortunately, sharing the wealth or sharing the disease, it just yeah. had devastating consequences. It has. And I think then we have to deal with the reality is in those situations, often those workers are also going home to live in limited housing where we have multiple people there who are then going to multiple places so that this worker who's working two or three jobs has to go, has to have their children go somewhere for care, which means they're housed at wherever that. So this, this is an incredible, 
incredibly complex problem that we've created for ourselves by devaluing the people who do the work um, and undervaluing the value of, of community that is small enough to manage with the number of people that are readily available and then reimbursing people for doing the hard work that they do and not just top-down payment. Tifa, I'm sure there's people out there listening to the podcast right now going, hey, we know of such and such a place and damn, they're doing most of these things and they're good. I'd like to hear some success stories. Yeah. Don't send all of your emails to Tifa on this because she right. may not have one or two other things, but feel free to send me an email at any time. If you have something that you think we should be sharing, by all means, please send it on to me. Uh, Greg P at uh, tifasnow.com, if I remember right. I don't write to myself very often anymore. I used to, but not anymore. I'm getting better now. Uh, Tifa, thank you very much we're out of time for today's podcast and it's been a real pleasure talking to you about this thanks for the uh, opportunity to raise this one up because i think it's going to be something that people are going to be looking at in the future uh, in many countries thank you join us again for our next podcast <laughs>